And the last 10 years, I've mainly been designing um, this women's magazine. That's my like big main client. I have two kids. So I sort of worked part-time and mommed part-time. And now yeah. I'm ready to work a lot more. And last year, I did the typeface design program at Cooper Union. So I also just okay. became like I can do typeface design. And right. I thought, cool. oh, like I got this great degree. You know, like not a lot of other people have this. And I graduated. And then I was like, and now, <laughs> like, so I'm really like, I've gotten all of my clients through word of mouth. Um, yeah. I used to do a lot of work before I had my second son on site. Like I worked at coach and a little bit at um, a couple of design firms, but only like a lot at coach. Um, and then I yeah. sort of stopped doing that when I had my second son. And ever since then, like I said, all my clients are through word of mouth and I just am at total loss about how to get new clients with marketing and self-promotion and that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I mean, this is, I, I think this is, a, this is a struggle that we all have. So you're not alone. I was having a conversation today and the irony is she's a friend of mine who I worked in the ad agency years ago with her and she's into branding and she was sort of going, well, can we do a skill swap where you do some design for me and I'll kind of, help you kind of refine what your sort of uh, branding might be and I remember thinking I just said oh that'd be such a relief because I overthink it I keep changing right. my mind all the time so don't worry this is kind of really really normal um, right. I guess for those sort of things it'd probably be kind of uh, so obviously you've got this degree and everything and I'd probably um, I'm trying to think what is the type of work that you would want to be doing ideally if money was no object I suppose if we start with kind of where you'd want to end up Right. And why that matters to you, then we can kind of reverse engineer how we would get there. Yeah. So I think the kind of work I'd love to do is like book jacket cover design, editorial okay. um, design, which is what I do now, but like on a larger scale because the magazine is called Lilith. It's like it has a very it's a Jewish feminist women's magazine. Um, okay. It's very popular in a very small market. Um, Where does the name come from, Lilith? Lilith. Before there was Eve, there was Lilith. Uh-huh. And she wasn't made from Adam's rib. She was like... Ah, okay. I thought it might have been Cheers because I remember that scene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she was a strong like, female woman. I thought maybe, right. you know, she was a feminist. Right. Yeah. Like, wow, what a legacy. <laughs> like some of the same people who started Ms. Magazine started this magazine. So it's been around a long uh, time. But like, you know. Ooh. So yeah, editorial design, um, book jacket design, and branding too. I mean, I've done branding but not, uh, but for really small businesses from our, like for a restaurant, um, again, but like all through word of mouth, you know, like, yeah. So it's kind of more work that comes to you rather than you kind of seeking it out sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I, the question would be, it's always tricky because it's kind of, it's very tempting to sort of say, because I've have experience in doing this type of work, that's the sort of work I think I should be going after. But I kind of look at it as kind of, well, you can change this at any time. It's, you know, I, I, when I speak to people, it's kind of, you do what you, what you want. You know, it's a good, that's the one advantage we have is we're not having to work really for like a boss. We can pick and choose to a certain extent how we want to, you know, go. And I, the one thing I would say was um, don't be afraid of taking on work that I recorded this just in case. So I can send oh, you this okay. after the session to make okay. notes. 
Yeah, great. You, you can just listen and I can rumble on. But um, there is this <laughs> thing of building your brand and building your business. So that's yeah. where you, you basically, you show the work you want to get hired for. So that's what you promote. Right. But you take all types of work to pay the bills. So there's nothing wrong with right. saying, well, I really want to do book cover design. So that's what I'm going to put out there. And then I'm going to take website work and branding work because that helps pay the bills. And while I'm in that period of kind of um, building up a bit of a net, like a savings, a bit of a buffer, I think that's really valuable. So I think that don't be afraid to say uh, yes to work that you might feel isn't great because it will be giving you money, which I think the money fends off that horror. Because a lot of people make that mistake, I guess, of I'm only going to do book cover work or I'm only going to do like, you know, branding for restaurants and you get offered of like a lawyer's website and they go no that's not what I want and then the lack of money just makes you terrified so then you end up like kind of that scarcity mindset means you make bad decisions you probably later regret so I'd always I always said there's no shame in that yeah Yeah, so so especially as you're kind of at this stage where you want to decide what you're doing um I certainly feel that don't be afraid to say yes to work that is potentially lucrative that will at least allow you to kind of find your feet and build your your mm-hmm. presence online mm-hmm. while you wait for those clients to kind of discover you or you decide to market to those people right. and then I'd probably think about what you want to get hired for and I've always found that it helps be quite specific because um so if you said if we take it's an easy one for me but if we said if we take like restaurants or mm-hmm. book covers, and you said, "Rock, I want to, I want to do book cover illustration." It would make it really easy because if you were working on that audience, you go, "I want to do, say, uh, graphic design for book uh, covers, not book editorial necessarily, but covers." Right. I'd say, okay, so you probably need to get your work in front of decision makers at publishers. Yeah. So now we know. Okay, so two things we know: what what the publishers, what they're looking for, and where are they paying attention. So you can begin to reverse engineer, well, okay, well, if I, I can isolate 10 publishers I could talk to, mm-hmm. and then I can also dig deeper and get to know probably three people within each publisher who, who are the decision makers. Okay. So okay. you begin to go, okay, so if I get to know them somehow, so this would be the thing, once I know who I'm trying to reach and impress, right. that helps a lot. You know, it's like fishing. It's kind of going, well, I just want to catch fish. But if you go, well, if you know what type of fish you want, you know what bait to give. And like, mm-hmm. you know, well, I know what bait whereabouts in the lake I have to fish and also what time of day and how deep they are it's kind of the more and I always say look so if you're choosing people in publishing houses who make decisions on uh, where they who designed their book covers that's one audience and you can begin to reach out to them and I'll, I'll give you some advice that my business coach gave me about doing that but you'll also the more you work with them that knowledge of each job will compound itself. So you'll you'll already so that if the first job is you go in cold and you don't really know and it's all a learning curve. Right. But you realise, ah, okay. So there's this big problem between like deadlines for argument sake, like nothing the, the author's never finished on time and the book cover can't be started until so there's a real problem with like turnaround of like getting the book art all prepared. Yeah. If you learn that from that job, when you go to see the following person, you can go, well, you know, I've done this before and I know that cover deadlines is a real issue and they're gonna go oh yeah god and you go well well because of that I've managed to like refine my process so I can get a book cover done in like two weeks and and when I supply it to you I supply it print ready so it's all good to go the colors the crop marks everything's done 
Right. And I have a proofreader who like checks everything to make sure, you know, you might. So the point being is what you learn in the first job, you then add to and take into the second job. So when they're comparing people who do that, yeah. everyone loves to meet someone who's dedicated to their industry. And it's this thing of you're going to go in and they're going to, you're going to win them over because you'll know so much about what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And if you're yeah. interested in going, oh, I came across this author I met the other night. I was at a poetry reading or a book thing and she was really interesting. And I read like one of these books. Would you, you know, and if you're into that scene, yeah. they're going to really, you're just like, well, I like you because you're knowledgeable. You're teaching me things you obviously understand. You're more likely to book work. And every job you take is a case study on okay. how good, how, what a great job you've done. And the only reason I say this is it's the whole thing of, I'm sure you've had it. You go networking and they go, okay, so what do you do? And I'll go, hi, I'm a graphic designer. I do web design, branding, logos, flyers, um, T-shirts. I do like banners and, right. um, yeah, you know, and that's what I love doing. And that's what people say. And you just go, it's too vague. I've got nothing right. to kind of cling on to. Yeah. And the analogy I often use is like, if I threw five ping pong balls at you once, you wouldn't catch any of them. But if I right. threw just one, you catch it every time. And I found that if you say, well, look, I do book cover design for like uh, these types of novels. I, I, I don't know, for cookery right. books, for argument's yeah. sake. It becomes much easier for that person you tell it to to go, okay, you do design, but for people, for book covers. So they're going to immediately think, who do I know who has a book or who works in publishing? Right. And that's the difference. They'll when you push them, say, "Do you know of anyone who works in publishing who mm-hmm. might be able to help me?" It's much easier for them to pinpoint that. You know, if I said, "Oh, look, I want to do branding for hotels," do you know of anyone who works in hospitality or who maybe has a cousin who works at a hotel? And you can go, "I probably yeah, my I think my friend works one or just started at one. I could ask for you." And that's that's mm-hmm. the difference. It's it's giving them something to remember you by, mm-hmm. not trying to sell yourself all the time. And I think so. If you said you start narrow it's much easier to get your marketing and messaging because you know who I can target I kind of can keep up to date with industry trends I can listen to the same podcasts they follow I can go to the same events I can be really economical with my like attention and what I'm focused at and if you're at a literary festival and you bump into someone um you know and they go oh wow so what do you do you go funny enough I just do like design for book covers like particularly cooking books and like, oh my God, this is great. Cause you're, you know, it's that thing of you might be at a restaurant expo and it's like, yeah, I do book covers for like, I do book design for chefs. Now you have just a room of people who could potentially be interested because you've gone quite narrow. And the thing is when the market is broad, you know, like you've got the the big X, Y, X, everyone's clumped in the middle doing a bit of everything. And then it becomes a race to the bottom on price. But if you're a specialist, going to be more memorable it's like the surgeon versus the doctor it's like the surgeon they don't get as many inquiries but when they do they're big expensive whopping ones because people go you're brilliant at what you do I kind of need you and I think that when you're just the GP and you're just a regular doctor who does a bit of everything you're always busy but you're kind of there's no that people don't really respect you as much so my advice in my long-winded way would be if you were to pick a service that you offer Okay. And try and partner that with, if not like an industry or maybe like a type of person you'd want to know. Right. I've always found that it becomes very easy then to say, go on Instagram and look up, right, I want to follow all these book publishers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll recommend, okay, here's now event people that work with those book publishers. Yeah. And then here's, you know, like here's authors I should get to know. 
And all of a sudden, it's like I've now got a list of people that I can reach out to. And like a very easy thing is to say, can I interview, you know, uh, either for a blog or a podcast? And the, by interviewing an interesting author, that kind of attracts all potential people to you because they're going to go, oh, I heard you interview so-and-so. That was really fascinating. I run a small editing house and uh, maybe we could work together. And you're like, yeah, that'd be great. And it's kind of, for me, this, this would be how I would, Mm -hmm. How I would, if I was starting again, that's what I would do. I would, right. I'd pick coffee shops and I go, right, I'm going to go all in on coffee shops because I figure that if anyone needs coffee branding, I'm one of the few people that's that just it. does it. Right. And then after six months, I can probably move into maybe restaurants. Having taken my credibility as being mm -hmm. known in that area, I can go to restaurants and then maybe hotels and then spas and then right. gyms and then fashion. And the whole thing is I'm able to move sideways. Or I can stay with coffee shops and go, well, I might do websites now because right. they need it. And I know someone who does design, so I can refer jobs to them. And, you know, and I can stay in, in that niche as like a thought leader for coffee shops. But I can just expand my range of services. Sort of right. Thing. And would you say, because like, right, I have experience in editorial design and I have experience in branding, but like Pug Jacket Design is new. So it's an idea that I would like to get into, but I don't really know the realities of, you know, if they pay well or how they treat, you know, the, the nitty gritty of it. Would you focus on one, like, can you sort of do like focus on one thing, but keep, like you said, keep the work that, you know, pays the bills. Yeah, and I have think some, so. Yeah. I think you would keep the, you would, generally you should probably be, um, so this is what my business coach, huh? Oh, you said always keep the work. I'm not saying get rid of yeah. anything, but like. No, I would I would do this thing of I'd probably ask um, people in that space who are ahead of you, who you look up to. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, look, I'm just starting out. Here's my story. Um, right. It would be a dream to be able to get to where you are. But I just wanted to, if you wouldn't mind, just asking you, what was that? What was your journey like? Mm -hmm. I've got things to consider. I'm really passionate about it, but if it doesn't pay well or or you struggle to make money, that is the concern I've got family to provide right. for. And they might find that some might be threatened by you, but most people would be like, no, I'm happy to talk about it. And I think it's that thing of, and certainly in the beginning, staying active with people you know or asking clients mm -hmm. for referrals is certainly worth doing. Right, right. Um, but, it's, but, but again, I'd always do that thing of, maybe you start a separate Instagram. When I was mentoring people oh, yeah. as, a, as a bit of homework, I would say, imagine you're starting uh, an agency that did branding for a particular industry, like say surfing. And yeah. I'd say, go and follow a thousand people who are into surfing. And it's quite hard that because what you realize is the same names keep cropping up again and right. again, and you'll get to probably a hundred and you'll be like, okay, I've covered like especially near me, I've covered loads of surfing blogs, surfing magazines, surfers, surfing clothing, and I'm kind of done. And now what you have is you have um, a news feed of potential clients because every day they're all updating. So now you'll get your your target is like, well, if I can be like really engaging with these people, so much so that I leave a really interesting comment, interesting that's enough for them to come and check out my profile. Right. And what do they see? Oh, wow, it's all surfing design. Right. They're going to go, oh, cool, okay. If I need right. surfing design, I'm going to check them out because they've got yeah. loads of great work. So now I have this thing of where Instagram is, is helping me because right. I'm only following my target audience and I'm able to completely stay in the loop of what they're doing. I can give compliments. I can offer advice. Mm -hmm. I can just stay engaged. 
And then you can always DM them and go, look, I'd love the opportunity. You know, I'd love to work with you. Like, have you got any projects coming up? Right. You know, I, I love what you're doing. And I always want to work with clients like you. Surely there, may, there must be a way that we can work together. Just And that's that just being sense. open. You're not asking, you're not too desperate. You're just like, you know, I'd love to work with you. That way you're, you're running Instagram with a point and it's mm-hmm. kind of, otherwise it's just a massive time sap. And this is what I did with a friend of mine and he, he did that and it was like, I did it as a test for myself with coffee shops and you realize god this is really easy because now i know all the events they go to i know all the roasters i know all the magazines and all the baristas right that's it i just need to now reach out to all of them every day and say i'd love to work with you have you got you know i've got some opportunities coming up in the next couple of months have you got any projects do you want to meet for a coffee ironically but you know the thing of (laughs) you know i think you can do that outreach knowing that you're it's all compounding itself because you're learning about an industry and so you can talk about oh i was just talking to so and so origin roasters they've apparently just sourced this amazing they've got assigned a new barista and they go yeah i saw that yeah she's really good yeah i went to there's just well, i used to run a hotel and i was considering hospitality to specialize in because i know it but i i only really hit home was when I bumped into I was at a networking lunch and the hotel manager came and sat down and he happened to be next to me and there was an immediate shorthand because I just knew that he was having problems with deliveries or chefs or something and I could get say oh we used to get our deliveries from this company you should try them they're great oh really can you yeah I'll give you the and there was this weird like you just dropped in because you were like oh you're in the industry now yeah. there's no like weird so what do you do oh how is it running a hotel <laughs> i could just jump the queue because they want to work with people who get it yeah right so right so i think that i think that it, it's not that you have to stick doing this but i think if you're going to um find a way of getting some traction in an industry mm-hmm. i would dedicate to like offering a particular service and then offering it for that industry and then just throwing yourself into that industry to try and get some traction yeah, would be my advice yeah. that makes a lot of sense yeah and then my business coach said to do this he, he, there's a really good book called book yourself solid okay by michael port it's fantastic and it's very much like everything you need to do to get clients and, oh, okay. it, and it's step by step it's fantastic they do he does there's a paperback book there's also like an online class on creative life but it but also there's an illustrated version okay. and what that's quite nice is because it talks you through it but it's like worksheets as you go with like they're quite cheesy illustrations but the thing is it's kind of when they say what are the qualities of your dream client there's bits for you to actually i've read it now i can kind of fill it out as i go and make notes and see how it's backing up but my business coach said he he recommends doing five things every day um the first one is introduce two people so very simple just oh steve you should meet lindsay you know that's just a simple She's a great designer. You're a great photographer. I'm sure you yeah. guys have got stuff that you could work on together. And that's it. So you introduce two people. Um, you share something worth reading so or worth watching. Okay. So just a really cool article. And again, as you get to know people, you can kind of go if they're into sport or they're into culture. Mm-hmm. But again, you might find that there are some like, like um, there's a site called Swiss Mist. That I always Yeah, I love Swiss Mist. Yeah. The quality of the articles is fantastic, particularly right. the Friday link pack. It's like, okay, if I start here and I... Yeah. log like 20 different sites i can just go to them in the in the morning and just go right what's a, a good article i go oh i just saw this i thought you'd enjoy it because of this All right okay and share that the third thing is to um write to someone 
or call someone you haven't spoken to in ages. So like mm-hmm. a little simple postcard or a phone call. Yeah. And you'd be amazed the amount of work that comes from, oh, it's right. funny you called, actually a job just came in, you'd be perfect for it. And it's just, it, it's not pure luck or the universe. It's just that because they like you and you're on, they're going to go, mm-hmm. oh, actually, I, I can find some stuff for you. So the third thing is to call someone you haven't spoken, because people don't speak to each other generally now. <laughs> um, the fourth one was to reach out to someone you admire. So he recommends, and this is kind of from Book Yourself Solid, you have a list of 20 people like mm-hmm. a sort of dream wish list of, and you want to get to know all 20 people and the, the thinking is that you reach out to someone you don't know them but you really admire them and just tell them that and that's it and it's kind yeah. of some people say no some people say yes but if you do that every day and you work through your list and you keep adding to that list the chances are that if the one person so if I, i'm a fan of gary vaynerchuk if i managed to get through to him and i said wow that'd be amazing and he was like who else is on your list or you know, can I do anything for you? And I said, well, if you've got anyone, I'd love to be able to speak to so-and-so. And he goes, yeah, that's cool. I know them. I'll put in a call for you. It's just that they know they've got Aww. a different social circle. So for them, it's much easier to go, oh, you speak to my friend. I'll right. introduce you. And then you're moving up again. And the fifth thing was to make a sales call, which is basically to say, I love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance we can work together? And that's right. it, it, it really just as, as easy as that. And I think that obviously, again, that's the hard bit. That's, yeah, yeah. But again, it's that thing of that Gary talks about, which is don't say no for the other person. And it's this whole thing of, you know, you're in a, a, on a train and you see someone who you think, wow, they're really attractive. I would love to ask them out, but they'll probably say no. So I'm not going to bother. So I'll just right. stay here. And <laughs> they're, they're sitting there thinking, people tell me I'm good looking, but nobody asked me out. And right. you're just having a conversation in your head of just denying everything. Yeah, um, yeah. I heard someone someone sent in a story which is to do with like their granddad. Uh, he after the war he met his his grandmother. He just sort of was on the bus and he winked at her. They got talking and they were married for like twenty five thirty years. It was right. something weird. So he, he did the same thing. He yeah. heard like this girl talking Swedish on the tube, and he said, "I only knew like one or two phrases in Swedish." And like one was like, um, she was talking about what she was doing with her night out with her friend. And uh, his phrase, like, I have a selection of drinks. <laughs> and she's like, oh, really? What have you got? And he's like, that's all I know. But they got married. And he was like, oh, this wow. Yeah, he was like, right. my granddad did this with my grandmother. Right. So I was like, well, what have I got to lose? And, I, and yeah. I do believe it's kind of, again, nobody asked for this, but I think it's a massive compliment. And it's easy just to go, look, I'm sure you're super busy, but I really love what you're doing. I've been following you for a while. And for me to work with a client like you would be great. You know, yeah. and just say, like, I really like this about your business. And I would mm-hmm. love the opportunity to work together. Um, you know, if there's any chance of this or you're free for just to grab like a quick coffee, I'd love to do that. And that's yeah. it. And that's a fairly kind of, you can almost copy and paste that response. Right. And he said, if you do those five things every day, you're touching like six people a day, which is 30 people a week. It just all of a sudden it's like 120 people a month who you've yeah. reached out to, who you wouldn't have done, and nobody else does this. And the fact you're always referring people, it just reminds everyone that you're out there. And that's when you can kind of also combine that with going to existing clients and going, look, I've got a space that's come up in my diary. You don't have mm-hmm. to explain why. You just go, a space has come up in my diary. I'm looking to fill it with someone who's great, who's creative like you. Do you know of anyone who might be a good fit? And, you know, and if they say, actually, just go, great, could you, um, can I get their email? And, mm-hmm. and, and you know so you have to grab that and say can I get their details and say that you said I could call them 
instead of waiting for them to find it and send it to you or yeah. do the introduction. So that would be the thing of if you do the five things every day mm-hmm. and you begin to kind of narrow your offering, mm-hmm. that's going to be a really solid start to like getting more uh, awareness and more business. Yeah. And then you're kind of channeling it with a bit of focus. That's great. I think I do a lot of too, like I have my website up and that's all I have. So I've been like, well, I have to have something yeah. other than my website to show people. And then I just don't. So then I just don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, with the website, you, you, I always figure that it's, it's got to be. And again, you can ask people, like, what are clients looking for? You know, really, because it's kind of. I think as creative people, we want it to look amazing and have all these all these nice features. But quite often clients are going, look, I just want to know, can you deliver on the job? And, if, you know, and so yeah. I always think that like, so, for example, using case studies where you tell the story of a project and, and you yeah. show look, I solved these problems that the client needed solving. Mm-hmm. And I include the work and how I came up with it. And I include the results and a testimonial right. is a much more convincing piece of work that you could use as a blog article than just work in isolation. And then yeah. things like, you know, so it is like if you've got any awards or you can have any qualifications, listing them is important because it's it's like right. a chef. It's a shorthand to yeah. credibility uh, and having case studies. And then on your blog, really showing that thought leadership of if I'm going to be quite narrow Mm-hmm. I can talk about it. So, so we give the example of like the the fake publisher who has a problem with deadlines. You could say, well, that's why I have a process that is really efficient and can turn a book around in two weeks. And mm-hmm. you talk about your process. So when a publisher reads it, they go, oh, wow, that'd be perfect. And mm-hmm. it's because you go, okay, I've reverse engineered. What do you want to see? Not do I, what do I want to put out? Right. But so what, what do they involve in the website? Yeah. It's kind of, I always say to people, if you gave me like $5,000 to really brand you, you'd be really scrutinizing what I'm doing. And right. you'd want to know. And you'd be like, so what? how is this going to work? How is this going to get me more clients? Have you finished yet? Quite naturally, because when we become the client, that money is precious. And I know from running a hotel, I'm not going to go, oh, I'll pay you $10,000 to rebrand and do my website. I'm going to go, no, unless there's some... Unless I can see a track record because you work with other hotels, yeah, I need to know that you've done it before or that you're experienced or you're passionate because if it's just like we do all types of websites for all types of people and they look nice, I'm right. going to go, yeah, but do they get me bookings? Because I'm, yeah, I can't risk wasting money. And that's where the clients think. And I think that I hear loads of designers and creative people whinging about that. But when you become the client, all of a sudden, and you're going oh god I'm, I'm spending a lot of money here i want to return yeah. you know then you you behave like a client so i think you've just got to look at it from a client's point of view and even even if you get like a a critique from a, a potential client or a previous client and go look i'm trying to get other people you know who are in your industry what kind of things would help me and just right. ask them and they might go well actually we're often too busy to even look at websites. So we just go to Instagram or if you can like, attach a PDF maybe of your work, that's great. You know, so you'll totally learn how they behave and you go, okay, so if you don't even look at websites, really, that's interesting. And if you're kind of going to go to Instagram instead of a website, that's interesting as well, because I need to think about what am I talking about? What am I showing? All those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually heard that I have an Instagram site, but it's like personal and business together. And 
the restaurant that I designed the logo for, they were like, you need to have your own business Instagram. And yeah, I think so. But again, it's, 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 it's great for clients, but for your headspace, it's much better because, you know, family photos are great. You know, family are great for family, but business, you can go, well, if I'm just doing business and my audience is just clients, I can really think about what do I want to show? Well, I probably want to show what I'm working on at the moment, a few teaser pics, some finished work, maybe quotes and testimonials, me at Mm -hmm. book shows with authors holding up their book. You know, um, I need to show all of that. And then you would use some Instagram stories to mix in the everyday of this is what I'm up to. So I might be going to the part of my kids as well as doing work because people, I think, you know, I don't really put my face on camera, but that's a mistake because people want to see people. And and I think so that would be, that's where you can balance. I'm going to show you me, but I'm not going to show you my life. And actually, if you just have a personal one, you go, this is easy because this is just photos from my family. You know, it almost could be a private account that I'm going to use to catalogue my family as they grow up. And then mentally, that's so easy. I know exactly this photo, family, this family work, and you just send them to different accounts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just easier for the head. It's true, (laughs) yeah. I guess I'm wondering, um, besides like a website and Instagram, are there things like I emailed, for example, I emailed an old client that I know he started his own company and it's a branding company. And I think typeface design and branding like go hand in hand, like company. It's a great match. So I emailed him and said, Oh, it's been a long time. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. Here's my website. And he wrote back that he like was wonderful to hear from me and he'd love to work with me. And if I have anything like send him stuff so he could show his, the people that he works with. Yeah. <laughs> I never followed up cause I didn't have anything else to send him. Yeah. Um, I followed up with another email saying like, great, like, let's have coffee sometime, but not sending him anything. Cause I was like, what more do you want than my web? Like I didn't have anything else to send along. And that's like, I feel like what happens is like, I'll make a few calls and then I just like drop the ball. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't, I don't think you're being too hard on yourself. It's really hard because if he's not telling you what he needs or why, it's all guesswork and you don't uh, want to bother him. But I would mm-hmm. imagine that if it was a case, so like if I was going to refer you work and a client yeah. would say, okay, tell me what makes Lindsay great. And I go, well, look, have a read of this. This is a case study she just did for a similar client who was in a similar position to you. That does it for me. So that's why, again, yeah. case studies are great. So yeah. if you if you develop a really good case study, then I think that's a really good thing to do. And again, for your um, typefaces, have you heard of um, Dustin Lee? He runs a thing called Retro Supply. It sounds familiar. Yeah. So, so he sells typefaces on Creative Market, and he oh, runs okay. um, he runs a podcast and a Facebook group called Passive Income for Designers. Okay. And he's not that he doesn't do the episodes that regularly, but one of his early episodes with a guy was a guy called Jeremy Vesey, who's a photographer, but also makes really nice sort of vintage typefaces. Oh. And like makes six figures a year selling vintage typefaces. Right. And he sells them on Creative Market. And you know, you'll spot this more than me, but he's basically gone in and found old beer labels and gone, right. that's quite cool. I'll just do something like it. Yeah. Because when he sells it, he sells these mock-ups of old beer logos which look I, I buy them instantly. So right. that's what he does. He's kind of, well, vintage is kind of in. I'm going to go to the stores to actually get authentic vintage typeface that you can't buy anymore. And right. I'm going to recreate my take on them. And he makes a killing of that. But his approach with that isn't, say, 
go to the client and convince them to buy your typeface or go to a traditional foundry. He sells them through Creative Market. And then he started up like a website, which it's clever because he gets other people to sort of sell bundles of typefaces. And then he gives away other people's typefaces for free to build his email list. So he now knows that he has, say, 100,000 people on his email list. So he's like, look, I've got a new typeface. If I email this out, I'm going to sell a percentage of the people on this list. It's guaranteed. But he builds his list with other people's typefaces. So he helps them all out by giving them awareness on his list. But in turn, that builds his list further. And so he's completely bypassed getting onto fonts.com or my fonts or anything like that. Yeah. He's done it himself. And Dustin interviewed him for episode six of Passive Income for Designers. If you email me, I'll find the link and send it to you. But it was just, it made me rethink that whole approach. Because when we've come out of university, it's really good. But it's kind of, um, I question how up to date the methods are. Because, you know, if you're a tutor in university, your objective is to, is to get good quality students to pass the course. Your objective is less to kind of research the industry they're going into and evolve your course every year so it equips the students with the skills they need. You're, it's, it's much more work to do that because you're rewriting the same syllabus yeah. year after year after year. And most people are too worn out to do that. Yeah. But it just struck me as by giving away typefaces for free, that's what built his email list in the first yeah. place. And then once he had enough emails, he would start to sell them. And they're not for very much, like $15. Yeah. And then he really then he really realized that vintage typefaces were selling a lot. So he was like, okay, I'm going to double down on this. And it just grew from there. But he's a photographer. That's what he wants to do. And the typefaces, ironically, fund him. That's so, so it's this weird thing of, yeah, it's really yeah. weird and backwards. But he's making six figures a year, he said, from it. And I can believe it because it compounds itself. If you have, and Dustin who sells uh, Procreate brushes, Photoshop files, and typefaces on Creative Market. He sort of funneled most of the attention onto his own site. And he makes, in a good month, he said he'll make just under $50,000 selling digital products. Just selling things on Creative Market. Wow. I know. Yeah. yeah, I feel like. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) But But, but it compounds itself, you know, because he started with five products. He's probably got 50 to 100 now. And yeah. he, he's got a massive email list. So as long as he makes a new product often, or every week he's emailing people. He's just, it's yeah. just printing money because right. they're all digital. They've all been made. There's no fees, really. There's just commission on each sale. So so that made me think if I'd had your qualification, I'd go, yeah. God, if I knew how to make a proper typeface, I would, I'd go very differently. I wouldn't go to clients hoping they would buy it because yeah. it's a one-off sale. It's like once right. they bought it for like what, even if you got $500, yeah and that's yeah. it you can't sell it again where if you're selling that for five dollars and you sell it to 100 people online you've made your money and then you can still keep doing it right. So right i would think very differently i would go okay i can create my own typefaces and i can kind of look at selling them in other ways where i have my own email list i sell them from my own website and then it's very different because if a client picks it up or a designer uses it in their designs and you find oh you can yeah. still see my new typeface on Netflix. Then that's right. amazing. Yeah. You won't get the money, but the pretend, the exposure and the value perception is huge. It's almost like the email list is what is what's worth the money and the right. And so you're yeah. you you're own little, it. That's it. Yeah. If you had a hundred thousand people on your email list and you said, Well, only two percent buy. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's amazing, isn't it? That's right. two, whatever, my math is crap, but that's about two thousand people yeah. will yeah. buy, 
And if my right. typeface is ten dollars, that's twenty thousand dollars yeah. per email I send out. And then right. you go, oh, I can see why Dustin makes his money because right. he's just right. killing it. So this yeah. is so for me. I'd always like I would wished I'd started doing this, but I don't know how to make a typeface. I just keep <laughs> yeah. buying them because I love them, but yeah, exactly. I don't know how to make them. So right. if you've got you that skill, I'd be like bloody hell you could make some seriously beautiful kind of really stylish typefaces but properly well made right. and like i said it's creative market was great because he said it gave him the traffic what dustin did is he used he got in early so it's it's, it's mm-hmm. a bit different because he was one of their first kind of okay right uh, first big sellers on there because they really pushed him yeah. but i interviewed him my podcast um are you in the group on the facebook I, yeah yeah, so I interviewed Dustin um, it, on there, and he talks about the first day he sold a product on Creative Market, which was like an Illustrator action, and right. he made over $1,000 in one day. And that, wow. that was the first day, and he quit his job, right. and it was like saying to his wife, oh, my God, this is working. And he said he, he, you get every time it sold, he'd get a little ding from PayPal. <laughs> and he said the phone was going ding 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 because he was selling so many. Right. Oh, my God, yeah. people love it. And it was this thing of... And you realize that these people have, he did that years ago, but he said he used Creative Market for the traffic to drive people to his site where he gave away like a free bundle to build his email list. Wow, his email, right. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, the more emails I get for this free, like it was like nine products. It was a really mm-hmm. good giveaway. But he said, mm-hmm. I haven't had to change it. And he said, then once you've done that, instead of kind of giving them like free stuff, get them to buy something for like a massive discount straight away, like 50% off your first purchase. Right. So once they buy, they're more likely to buy again. Where if you do a competition, they're there just for the competition. So he's like, I use Creative Market to build my list. And then I now, people just come to me direct. Yeah. That's it. So it really worked for him. I'm on Creative Market all the time. So that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm on there probably every day. It's like a proper, I look forward to going on it. Is there anything new I can buy, which I don't yeah. need? Yeah. Right. Have you been on Design Cuts as well? No. That's really good. That's designcuts.com. It's like Creative Market, but they do like massive bundles. So for like $29, it'll be like 96% off. Oh, wow. And it's just okay. a bundle of loads of stuff. And the guy, Tom, right. who runs it is a really nice guy. He's on, I interviewed him as well, but he's good. As far as uh, he runs a thing called The Honest Entrepreneur, and he built Design Cuts into a quite a big business. But if you follow him on Instagram, he will reply to your comment every time. Oh, wow. And he's, okay. And he's really open. Like he's genuinely, yeah. he's doing it properly. Like there's no, there's no sales funnel. There's no crap. There's no rubbish. He's right, really right. honest. And like, so, I mean, he knows so much about that. Yeah. So he'd be one of those people like you could follow him on Instagram, okay. DM him and say, or oh. watch when streams go like, Thad said to follow you. I really love your content. And he'll do like Q and A's where you can ask him questions. That's so you could cool. go, look, how do I do a successful typeface? And he'll right. tell you from experience as a, a person selling them, he'll yeah. tell you what it takes. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the creative market, I once a month, I feel like I used to buy their monthly bundle for, and then I had. Oh, these are so much better. They, they oh. did that to copy him, I think. Right. Okay. He, just, he was just, I, I would look at it and go, oh my God, I almost bought this for $40 on creative market. <laughs> and it's yeah. here in a bundle with about 20 other products for $29. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely checking it out. Yeah, go there. You'll be like, and, and <laughs> the good thing is I buy it because I'm just, a, I'm, I can't help myself, but I buy it knowing that I bet there's a product or there'll be a project in the future where I'll need that. Right. And then I've gone back and gone, I knew it was there and I've used it. 
So I kind right. of I see it as a way of building like a massive library. That's yeah, twenty nine dollars. It's so cheap. Yeah, do that. Well, that's what I know. Actually, like a lot of um, like older designers that I admire, they talk about building a collection. But I feel like yeah. for them, their collections are um, like anal- You know, like um, I had lunch with Louise Feely. She does a lot of like restaurant design and logos. She used to, and she um, has books with her husband about signage, like. She'll do Paris, and they're all photographs. Like she has albums full of photographs of signage from all these cities. They're amazing. But the, like the, you know, next generation of that is like us, you know, building our digital collection of (laughs) like fonts and clip art. You've got got a proper qualification, how to build a proper typeface. Right. You'll soon spot, I'm sure you've seen it on Creative Mark. You can spot ones that you're going to go, that isn't going to work. Yeah, it might look great for that one word, but if I change yeah. anything here, it's a mess. It's and I think you know th- th- there are apps out there that allow you to do it, but I do think that yes, if you can, that's why I'd be interested as well. Like is in like you're going well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look back and find some really cool typefaces, gonna create my own, and I'm kind of gonna gonna give them away to build an email list to then sell to in like eighteen oh. months time. So I've got that thing of now if every time I can go well, I, you know, and this is. Even my friend, like she's uh, she's a mum, she put out a typeface and she did quite well on Creative Market. She said, I don't want to do client work anymore. And I don't have to because I'm making enough through my typeface to oh. not do client work, which is wow. really interesting because you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. So you don't, and that's a lot of them. They go, I don't need client right. work. Ian Barnard's yeah. another guy who does a lot of hand lettering. He just goes, yeah. I don't need client work anymore. I don't yeah. have to, I just do lettering right. and that's what I love to do. And it kind of, once yeah. you, and I remember Dustin was saying the people that do well, he said, it's not that they're particularly talented, but every two weeks they've got a new product out. So they're that's just relentless. And it's like one or hit and that's your backbone. Now you've done that, that kind of gives you enough to kind of, okay, I can afford to, and it's slowly because that'll peak. Like Brandon Grotesque is a great typeface. Yeah. It's used everywhere. But I don't think the guy who did it has ever probably had another, it's like a singer, isn't it? Have a one hit right. single. That's and you true. get you do so well and then it's like well <laughs> the amount of people right. that you see living off one hit like christmas like rick astley and these people like you know they turn into <laughs> me and, like, and that was there's a guy over here who did a christmas song that's all he lives off and it's like yeah because oh, every my. year i just yeah. get paid a fortune in royalties i don't need to do anything else yeah. and it's that's like that you do this one killer typeface right you know and you think that's it and then that is will bring me the income to go no to client work i can release site yeah. every two weeks till i get another hit bang add it to you know it's just growing and that's what jeremy did i think that's such a good idea too is it's like you're i you know coming from the client background where i'm always thinking like if i was working i get be getting paid by the hour and this is how much i'd be getting paid by the hour and so anytime i'm chasing work i'm aware of the fact that i'm doing work that i'm not getting paid for which i know is part uh, yeah. you have to you have to do it it's part of you know but it's like it nags at me like i get very nervous about that meanwhile you know then you if you're doing it this way you're not thinking about it in terms of like i'm not getting paid for this you're it's just a business it's a product so you're making a product and so it's, it's a, a mindset thing because if you part it, like you could price hourly um, I don't do that because I find that it attracts loads of scrutiny from the client. They want to see mm-hmm. exactly what you've done, which I, I find really boring to do all that admin. And it attracts price-minded clients who are counting right. those hours. Yeah. If you price by project, 
instead. So it could be a similar amount in the total fee, but you go, well, so one thing I say in the pricing workshop, which is the kind of takeaway is whenever you get asked for a client, um, what they ask for you. So they say, we want you to do like a new branding job. Right. When you're chatting with them, dig a little bit deeper and find out more about their business. So you can understand that they think they need a new website, but maybe they don't, or they maybe need to do something else. And if you have a bit more of a sort of um, investigative conversation, and the question to ask is, my, my business coach calls it the Spice Girls question, which is, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> if you remember that and you ask them a question, you go deep. And when they say, look, how much would this be to do? If you've done it right, you can probably get them to tell you what it's worth to their business in some form. Mm-hmm. So they might say, oh, we want to build a new, we want to uh, do a new restaurant. Yep. We're going to open a burger bar near a year college. And we think that that is worth quite a lot of money because students love eating burgers. And they're like, oh, wow. So how much have you, you can say like, you know, do you have any projections or do you, how much do you yeah. think you, that, that market's worth to you? And once you know how much it's worth and you've made them understand what you could help them with, you always do a price bracket So you, and you drop the high price first. So if you say, oh, how much is it for a new rebrand for our burger place? And you go, well, in my experience, if you say typically the last one I did came in at $3,000 altogether, right. you might go, well, in my experience, it's somewhere between five and $3,000. Mm-hmm. Start with the high one first because that's the one they hear. Right. And then you just go, is that the kind of investment you can afford to make? And you wait to see what they say. And this is, I learned this from a book by a guy called Blair Enns, who did a book called Pricing Creativity. And the whole point of this is to go, you need to know either on the phone or in that first meeting, if they've got the budget to afford you. Because if they say, yeah, that should be fine, then you mm-hmm. know now, you go, okay, now I can prepare a proposal of right. what I think the job will, because I know what you want. I know what your budget is because you didn't rule out five. So I would have gone with three, but now I know there's potential for five. So what I then do is put together a little proposal with pricing tables in. So I give them, again, three options. The top one is five. Mm -hmm. The middle one is three. And the bottom one is one, for argument's sake. Right. And because you know what's important to them, because you've had the conversation, you've made notes, I can put all the juicy bits they want in the top option. Right. So when they look at it, they go, oh, I've got a choice here. What do I want? Well, I'll probably go for the medium with a couple from the top. And you go, fantastic. That's 4,000. They go, brilliant, right. when can we get started? And now you've locked in a set price and you've done it within like a couple of emails or a couple of meetings. You haven't yeah. wasted your time going for coffees all the time, hoping to win the business. Mm-hmm. And the difference with this is you save time, you can sound clients out early, and now you're going, well, this is a four grand project. So now if I have to take a day off to do a typeface, that's fine because I'm not taking hours away from the project because the client doesn't care how many hours I take to deliver. They just care that I deliver. So whether I deliver it in 10 hours or 100 hours, I'll say it will take me a month and that's it. And then I've got a month to do it. And then that way you totally free up your calendar because if your children need you or you want to take a day off and spend it with them or one of them is poorly, nobody minds. You don't have to tell the client there's no hours today. You just go, they don't care because my deadline isn't until next week. So who cares what I'm doing? I might choose to sleep this morning and nobody cares. It's my business. (laughs) And the client doesn't care either because they bought into like a, a project fee. And I find for me, that's a much better way to price it. It's just like, if you, this is the fee and how we get there is up to me to manage within my team. Yeah. But as long as we deliver by the deadlines, you tell me, and I know what you want. Everyone's happy. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
So yeah, do, I would definitely try and move away from hourly just because I think you'll be easier on yourself because you might finish the project early and then go, brilliant, I've got five days now yeah. to really just do my typefaces and I'm not missing out. I've not committed to anyone else. This is a really good use of my time. Right. And I actually do have a tendency to do things faster than I've quoted for. Yeah. <laughs> which is great, which doesn't help your hourly pricing. No. Does it? You yeah. use out. Where if it's a project, you go, well, I've got a buffer now, so I might yeah. I might go away for the weekend with my family right. where I can sketch some ideas while I, while the kids are sleeping in the yeah. evening. And then I've come back, I'm refreshed. I've got new ideas for a typeface. I've yeah. still got two days left to work on those and everything's all done. Right. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, you know, I think that that for me would be, I'd recommend trying to change how you work a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. That's super helpful. You've made my brains fall out over this call. So thank you. It's very okay. helpful. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you can pick them up again. They'll be all right. Um, but yeah, if you've got any questions, you can always ask me in the group or like, if you want to just schedule another call, I'm always happy to do it. Okay. This is, yeah, this has been super, super helpful. Like I have a lot to, um, a lot to think about and I will have more questions for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, please ask away. Cause it's really good. I want to kind of create uh, resources for people that are going to help. And I and I know that kind of I'm doing one at the moment, which is if I had to start for, again, like a sort of emergency break glass, yeah. what would I do? Right. And it, and it would be this. It would be the five things every day. Mm-hmm. And it would be pick a discipline and pick an audience. Right. And just okay. yeah. drill down in that for six months and go, it's only six months. It doesn't matter. Right. So after six months, I'll have definitely built a network of people and I've built the stamina to be reaching out to people all the time. And I would have thought within about a month, you'll have more work than you need, than you know what to do with, which is great because now you can go, I'm going to put my prices up with every project that comes through the door. So every time I'm going to up my price a little bit until yeah. people stop paying. And then once they stop paying, I go, okay, I've hit a ceiling. That's fine. If I'm going to break this, what do I need to do? And then right. you can rethink your approach, you know. I think that it's so like, we're, you know, everybody who's a designer often, whether you're trained or untrained, you know how to do the work, but no, it's so, it's so, this is like a mystery to so many of us. Cause if we were built to think about business, we probably wouldn't be designers. So it's yeah. so helpful to, you know, be able to like have these people like you doing this because. Have you watched the future sides. on YouTube with Chris Doe? no he he's amazing he yeah. he ran a, a production agency called blind he still runs it but the future it's future without an e is he, what he runs which is teaching designers the business of design oh okay he's, he's a martial he's a jujitsu master at, at all these right. things and okay. um i did his business boot camp and i learned a huge amount so i oh, it's cool. kind of i've learned lots through experience and agency work and all of this but right. if you're interested in someone who will teach you more this kind of thing his yeah. content's great on youtube and there's so okay. much free content um that it's one of those ones that you could just have it on in the background and you'll just pick up bits by osmosis yeah. okay so great one to check out and it's future without an e yes that's it yeah okay, okay cool it's all like uh, blue and white and blue and yellow i think but yeah you just search the future and it's chris doe like or do chris do oh okay oh so that's it yeah you might yeah. have seen him he's like a really just sort of cool sort of uh, chinese guy with glasses he's wearing like yeah. wacky hats he's, seen... he's you know he's smart very smart very switched right. on but again it's he's run his agency for probably 20 plus years so oh, yeah. he knows having done that he right. knows what has to be done but as you say when you're starting out or you're leaving a job or you're leaving uni no one talks to you about this and even if right. they do they lie they don't tell you about how much they charge and what right. you can get in your market 
they want to hide all this, which is a yeah. shame, really. So, like I said, I'm always happy to be very transparent with everything. Yeah. It's like these are the things that, yeah, people don't want to talk about. But now as I've gotten older, I have a lot less, um, you know, I don't hesitate to ask anymore, whereas I used to be like, no, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the best way because it is like the thing of the more you, you go, what was I waiting for? Right. You know, so it's, yeah. kind of, you know, why can't I just find out? That's it. And then most people will go, here you go. Oh, brilliant. There we go. We've all moved on. It's much easier. So yeah. like, so take that approach into reaching out to people because, you know, it's, it's, it, you'll be waiting a long time if you're waiting for the client to find you. And it's kind of, I, it, I don't think it's bullshit, but I think that hoping that dream clients will discover you and then pay you lots of money right. is nonsense. But people, they tell you that it's possible without acknowledging yeah, but it's like Chris has got the ability to charge huge prices and get great clients. Right. Because he's had over two decades of meeting these people. Right. <laughs> so yeah. they all know him. And it's always who you know, not what you know. You know, it's that's, that's mine. Well, and I remember, like, I remember there are sometimes, um, like, there's somebody I graduated from school with, and he's always done a really good job of sort of, like, all of a sudden I see him and he's, like, the head of this and he's the head of that. And, like, I was, like, he wasn't that great in school, but he was yeah. really good at talking and he was really had, he was very good at like, you know, making sure the teacher knew who he was and being at the front of the class. And, and that's that same yeah. thing. And so it's not always about what you do. It's about, like you said, who, you know, and how loud, you know, how loud you are or rather just making your presence known and not in a bad way, just really in a, no, it's almost fake it till you make it, isn't it? It's yeah. like you say, they're very good at self-promotion yeah. and they're less good at their actual doing the work. And I think, right. but they're probably terrified they're going to get found out that imposter syndrome yeah. is quite strong with those people. So, but I do think it's this thing of pushing past that and just being complimentary and going, I love what yeah. you're doing. Can I help pick your brain? Like you've done today. Right. It's like this thing of you, you learn so much more. And I think, um, yeah, the, the key is to just build your network and keep in touch with people often. And ask, you know, it is always that thing of asking makes a massive difference right. because as soon as, like you said to me, oh, I do book design. I was thinking, oh God, I remember a bloke that did editorial for books, but he did the inside, not the covers. Right. So again, it's like, well, I might be able to, you might find work to get it. And I know a couple of, pu of publishers over here or friends who were publishers. Right. And so you're like, okay, this, my network is not going to really help you, but I immediately I can kind of go, but I know a couple of people who might. Yeah. And if you just do everything for everyone, it's impossible. So, right. And it, you know, it's funny, it was when you were saying that too, I was realizing that the magazine that I've been working for forever, they have a close relationship with a bunch of like small presses. And I've never really said, hey, you, you know, put me in touch with them. You know what a good job I do. I'm the long, they've never had a designer work for them as long as I have. Everybody else, they've like, there you go. Over. so I'm like, no, oh, they should. Put us and also when you do it just say um i want to uh i'm growing my business and taking on i want to expand my business mm -hmm. so i'm going to be bringing i want to bring people in so right. when they feel like you're like they're recommending you it's not that they're going to lose you it's just that look, right. I, I i want to be ambitious i, I want I've, I've got um a couple of people i'm thinking of bringing in alongside me you know just a couple yeah. of freelancers a couple of days a week right. but i need clients to kind of do that and i'm at this I've hit this wall where I'm busy, but I can't grow unless I get extra people in. But obviously, if I get extra people in, there's got to be work for them to do. So I'm yeah. I'm being brave and taking this jump 
to kind right. of scaling up to maybe like two or three people, small, you know, right. like an, a small studio. Right. So can you help with that? You know, I'm looking for yeah. clients to work with. And that way people go, look, you know, I'm still going to be available to my current clients, but exactly. I'm, I want to grow my business. And it's yeah. just a thing of I'm trying to be brave and I need your help. Most people want to support you if they feel that you're doing it for the right reasons and they still mm-hmm. get access to you. That's important. Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, thank you so much. No problem. I'll um. What I'll do is I'll send this recording over. It will just be a link. You can watch it all back on, and then okay. you can make notes. And, and as always, if you have any questions, email me or okay. just message me in the Facebook group. Okay, great. Thank you. This is really cool. I'm like so helpful. I'm like, no I might. No problem. I might use that um quote about the brain falling out. That was a good one. I might. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. If you need anything else like that, let me know. <laughs> great. Cool. Thank you so well, much. Thank you very much. Have a good uh, the rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Let me get extra, extra.